Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Have you ever in your lifetime had a moment where you felt some type of resentment or anger towards someone and you struggle to release it oh my gosh definitely like you're like oh my god all the time all the, all the time every Leo. Day. yeah every Leo, day. that's who i am the following podcast is a dear media production it's violet benson your favorite meme queen and the big sis you didn't ask for but need welcome to almost adulting almost adulting Our skin has a huge effect on our confidence. At least I know that for me is to be true because if you have acne or you're noticing signs of aging, I have both. I personally want to recommend Curology. I'm obsessed with them because they genuinely focus on your skin and then they help you find the perfect skincare for you. They simplify your skincare routine through Curology and that's why I love them. They make personalized prescription skincare products. They treat a variety of skincare conditions, including acne, clogged pores, fine lines, dark spots, and everything in between. They have a licensed dermatology provider that prescribes you a personalized formula that addresses your specific skin concerns and skincare goals. Curology custom formulas use a combination of basically three clinically researched ingredients, making it more effective than non-prescription cleansers and moisturizers alone. And the reason I love them is because they make it so easy. All I had to do was I went on their website, I filled out a quiz about my skin. Then I share photos. So they're so exact because of it. And then I had a consultation with my provider that then prescribed me a personalized formula based on my specific skin's unique needs. That's why I know you will love it. And if you don't believe me, they have a 93% report effective with over 9,000 five-star reviews. So right now you can get up to six skincare products for free, up to a $52 value with free shipping and at no cost consultation with the licensed dermatology provider when you go to curology.com adulting. Go to curology.com adulting for this free offer. That is C-U-R-O-L-O-G-Y dot com slash adulting. Quick disclaimer, prescription products are excluded from free product offers, applies only to your first box, subject to consultation, new subscribers only. Seekurology.com for full details. Hi, besties, and welcome to a brand new Almost Adulting. The I'm laughing because I can't, I always forget my intro and it's so embarrassing. Yeah. It was great. Keep going. Uh, the largest self-love podcast and movement, your number one destination for personal growth and mental health. I'm your best friend and your host. Oh, I'm your big sister. I'm not your best friend. I'm your big sister big and your host, Violetta. And today, my awesome special guest who has a podcast coming up and launching very soon, uh, Roddy Shetty. 
Perfect. Hi. How do you pronounce your whole name? Um, I'm honestly Radhi Devlukia, but Radhi Devlukia. Perfect. But honestly, anything you can call me whatever you want. No, I want to call you by your name. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks yeah. so much for having me. I'm of so course. excited for this conversation. Me too. I know we've already had one. Um, you came on my podcast, but I feel like coming into your home with your beautiful aesthetic. I'm so excited. So excited to be here. Okay, me too. I'm very excited to have you here. <laughs> I feel like one thing that I've noticed from when I met you, when I did your podcast, which will be coming out soon, uh, I'm not sure when, but I'll let you guys know, um, is that your aura, you just shine with positivity. And I don't know if because you're always smiling, but it's hard to be around you and then not want to smile. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. Honestly, I appreciate that. I think it's something, I have this thing where I feel so blessed to have so many incredible people around me that hold space for me on a daily basis. And I realized so many people don't have that. So I'm so grateful for it that even on days where I don't feel my best, trying to show up even like a small amount for other people feels like I can repay the people who do that for me. So I appreciate you saying that. It's something I try to do daily. <laughs> no, you're just such a positive light. Thank I you. love that. I love being around people like that because then if I'm not having the best day, it's yeah. hard to be around someone like you and not just want to you know, be cheery and happy as well. Thank you. I feel like you've got that too. I mean, after having our conversation, I think it's such a beautiful way to understand someone so much deeper and to hear how authentic and honest you are and how you just put yourself out there and you share so much of your life and your growth and not just here, I'm at the destination. I feel oh. like you're someone who really talks about being on that journey and all the crap that comes with it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I really appreciate that. That's really nice. Well, I guess today we're going to talk about your journey before we get to the destination. But I thought for those who maybe haven't had a chance to fully get to know you, I thought we can get to know you really quick. So I guess my number one question would first be, what's something most people don't know about you? I feel like one thing most people don't know about me is that I am a Leo, which is something they can find out, but I am actually a very feisty person. Most people are like, oh, you're so sweet. And I'm like, well, you need to get to know me because I naturally have quite a fiery tendency about me. So as much as that also brings out the playful and exciting part of me, it also brings out a stubborn, slightly, um, what's the word for it? Mm, aggressive at times version of myself too so I feel like there's always that balance that I have to yeah. fall between people think I'm a Leo sometimes Do they? yeah okay yeah because I come off I, I feel I feel fire in you for sure yeah I'm very yeah. fiery but I think sometimes it's it's interesting the way we view ourselves versus how other people view us because I'm like I'm so timid so I'm so calm and everyone's like no you're not I have the opposite problem okay so whenever I go to fittings for anything or like if someone's styling me for anything for some reason, people perceive me as being way more feminine, like in tune with my feminine side than I actually am. So I go to fittings and they're putting me in dresses and skirts and like how they perceive me as an energy when they try to channel that into something external, they always put me in something that's way more feminine than what I normally am. And I find that so interesting. I had that like two days ago and I was like, wow, so many people along the way have told me how they think that I tune into my feminine energy a lot more. They, they think I'm going to be a very like sweet and timid person. And I'm like, I am so not that person. So no, I find that so interesting. You think you're timid. No, but it, it's, that's what I mean. It's so interesting how people perceive you versus even if they've seen so much of you, how someone can perceive what you do and how you act and take it differently to how you see yourself. Yeah, that's so true. I mean, you are a different version in every single person's reality. Yeah, that's the craziest definitely. thing in the world. What's a question that no one really asks you that you wish people would ask you? 
I think asking people about emotions, it's like you said, you feel like I'm always happy and energetic, which I try to be. But people asking me more to do with how my energy levels are during the day or like asking me about how I'm feeling mood wise, because I think people assume I'm always feeling that way. And sometimes if I am on like a really neutral level or feeling a little bit lower, people think I'm just really sad when I'm like, no, I'm just conserving energy right now. So I think it's a nice question to ask, like checking in on someone's, even if you feel like someone is energetic and happy all the time, to also have those moments where you check in with that friend who does seem energetic all the time, who does seem happy all the time to ask them like how they're feeling today or how their energy levels are what their mood's like. That's so true. I had one of my good friends, Adelaide Kane, who's also a Leo. Yeah. She literally said the same thing when I asked oh, really? her that question. It's such a eye-opener even for me because she's one of my good friends mm. and I know her so well and yet I forget sometimes to ask yeah. her because she comes off so positive and happy all the time. Uh -huh. Then I forget to check in with her and it's so true. We forget when people seem so happy, we forget to ask them like, what? how, yeah. how are you doing? Yeah, exactly. So how are you doing? Um, honestly, I'm doing it today. I, I was telling you earlier, I feel a little bit uh, drained. I've had late nights, which I don't normally do for myself. I was feeling a bit of a low this afternoon, but now I'm feeling a little happier being here. Have you always been this bubbly and positive or do you feel like that comes with age as you get more confident as you get older? Um, I was definitely really bubbly when I was really young. Like I'd say as a child, I was like in front of the camera when my mom would get it out. I was really confident. I was really happy. And then I got to my teenagers and I got really quiet and really self-conscious and really wanting to be invisible rather than seen. Whereas when I was young, I wanted to be seen all the time. Yeah. And I think as I have got into my adult years, I'm slowly transitioning from how I used to be someone who was not confident, not secure to the more I understand myself, the more confident and secure I become and not wanting to be either visible or invisible, but wanting to just try and show up as myself. Yeah, I would say that now I feel like I'm bubbly and excited from a place of like, gratitude and understanding my emotions better whereas when I was younger it was from a place of like being a bit naive and not knowing what the world actually entails and then during my kind of teenagers I would say I wasn't bubbly in any sense I was quite quiet and reserved I feel like this is the most natural version of myself that I've ever been how did you get to that point I got to that point because I got tired of being someone who cared about what people think so much. Like I felt like it just suffocated Exhausting. me in my life where it was just always like when I was going out, what I was wearing, when I met someone for the first time, whether they actually liked me as a friend, like just in my mind, wasted thoughts that were going through my mind of things I couldn't actually control taking away and like sucking the joy out of every moment. Like before I'd be going out, it would be something I'm so excited about, but my fixation would be about what I was wearing and whether other people were going to like it or whether I would look a certain way in something and whether people would be judging it. And I realized so much of that joy that was taken away was through my own accord, not through theirs. And so when I realized I was stripping myself of experiences and creating memories and being present, which by the way, I have so many blocks in my in certain aspects of my life of memories. And I think it's because I had such a lack of presence during those times because I was so fixated on what was going on in my mind. Wow. And being present in those moments and having those experiences and actually connecting with what I was doing was completely not there because I was focusing on the things which actually in that moment didn't matter. Right. And so I think to reconnect to that has helped me get to a place where I feel in my most natural state. Okay, I love that. How many siblings do you have? 
Oh, I have uh, one older sister, four years older. Oh, that's it? Yeah, that's it. Oh, that's so sweet. I have a bigger extended family. Yeah, one, one older sister. Who are you closer with, your mom or your dad? Growing up, I was a full daddy's girl. Like my mom would be so upset. She'd be like, there's not even a point in me talking to you about anything because you're always going to take his side. And you know what it is? In, in a lot of like Indian families, especially Gujarati families, which is where my my parents are from, the woman is normally the more dom- dominating one. And in my mom and dad's relationship, it's kind of the same. Like my mom is the outspoken, social, like energetic one. She really stands her ground. My dad is like, and she's sweet as well, just in case she hears that she's so sweet. And I love her. <laughs> but my dad was always the quiet one, the gentle one. He was always very sweet and kind. Got it. And, and so I was definitely a daddy's girl growing up, even to the point where we would have to go in separate cars for something. And they'll be like, you have to pick a car, just go in one. And I'd find it so difficult to choose, but I'd always end up in my dad's car. And I would do all the stuff with him. I was always the girl who would go into all the handyman stuff with him. I'd go when he needed to pick stuff up. And yeah, so definitely a daddy's girl growing up. But as time has gone on, especially after I came back from university or college, my relationship with my mom turned from mother-daughter relationship to actual friendship. And I appreciate that so much because now I feel like she's someone I can't wait to call. I speak to my mom like three times a day. I turn to her for so much more than I ever thought I would. And I'd say that now my relationship with my dad is still beautiful, but my relationship with my mom has become one of like friendship and connection. I appreciate both of them a lot. What's the best advice your mom has ever given you? She's the person who started my spiritual path for me. So she gave me the Bhagavad Gita when I first started college. And she said that whenever you feel lost, open this book and you will feel some sort of solace or peace. And I didn't touch the book for like the first six months. And then slowly the uni life got to me, like college life got to me. And I started turning to it. And it has been the book that has changed the whole trajectory of my life and so I really owe so much of my spiritual path and my journey to her she was so intuitive and knew what I needed in that moment what is a Bhagavad Gita oh the Bhagavad Gita is it's a spiritual text from India it's actually the most ancient text to have existed over 5,000 years old it's essentially a book that talks about a person, Arjun and God and they're on a chariot in the middle of a battlefield and everyone's like how does that relate to us but we're all in the battlefield of life. And so it's them having a conversation in the toughest time of his life and all the things that he goes through. And essentially it's conversation, asking questions, understanding life, death, what comes after death, how to navigate life, how to use what we have and make purpose of it, understand what we have and have gratitude for it. Like it's just, I see it as a guidebook to life. It's changed everything. So you still look through it when I gosh, every day. Oh, every day. Yeah, every day. Now it's something which even if I just try and read a verse from it or read a line from it, I've studied it now and I've like gone through courses doing it now just because there's just so much. It's so juicy in content and in wisdom that it's something you could read every single day, every single year and still gain something different from it because we go through so much in life. You could read something one year and get nothing from it and then pick it up again in two years time and get everything you need from it. That's That's what I love about books. That is really cool. Yeah. What's the best advice your dad has ever given you? My dad is a man of little words, but more action. And what I've learned from him in advice through his example is I've never, and when I say never, I mean actually never, heard him criticize another human being 
in the sense of like gossip. Like he will never ever talk about someone, even if someone has hurt him. He has such an incredible demeanor about him to understand that whatever's happened to me has happened to me for a reason. And he lives with so much integrity. Like I've watched him do that my entire life. Just by being around that has been such a beautiful lesson. So I really do think about that every time. Like someone's, people have done him wrong so much in his life. And he's like, I'm just leaving it to God. What am I going to do sitting here, feeling upset and angry, except for ruining my day? So I'm going to leave it to God and get on with my life. I love that. There's there's a verse in the Bible. I'm Jewish, but there's a verse in the Bible and it talks about that. Don't seek revenge. Leave that to me. And that's God saying that. And And I've seen him so peaceful throughout life because of it. So unbothered over things that are so trivial, whether it's family, whether it's work, like he lives in his mind with so much peace. Everybody who meets him feels that from him. And I'm like, there has to be something to it. Yeah, my mom taught me that you have to be a very strong person to be able to forgive people yeah. that never ask for your forgiveness. Yes. And I, I agree, but it, it brings you so much more peace. When you're holding resentment and anger, I've learned this when I have resentment yeah. and anger towards people, is that it eats me up. It destroys me. It doesn't do anything to the other person. Mm-mm. So I rather just release it. And I think in the end, if someone does you wrong, most likely they'll do someone else wrong. And eventually... Everything comes back. Exactly. Reaction has a reaction. I mean, I don't believe in karma. I think karma, that's silly. I think the best revenge is to just be peaceful and move on. Yeah. No, I agree with that too. But I do think even if it's not about karma for other people, I do believe that every action we have does eventually have a reaction, whether we want it to or not. Yeah. Every like, every frequency, every thing that we do, whether it's moving like something or saying something or doing something, it creates a tiny vibration in the world that changes something or other people or other things. And then plus eventually if someone is not the best, I've always believed that the truth will always come out and that's always been the case. But eventually if someone's not the best, end up screwing over someone that doesn't say it's okay. And then that's, I think, when their karma comes around because there's always going to be that one person that you should never mess with and they mess (laughs) with that person. And I had this thing that says, like, you'll keep getting little nudges. I always think about this in my life where God will keep trying to show you something over and over again. First, it will be like, or the universe, if you want to, you know, God, universe, whatever you want to call it. But there will be a little poke. Then there'll be a little prod. Then there'll be a kick. Then there'll be like a big push. But then eventually, like you have to learn the lesson in some way. So either you'll keep repeating the same thing over and over again, but eventually the magnitude of what you end up getting back or the negative result will end up getting bigger and bigger the more you end up doing it. I love what you said about the resentment when you're holding on to it that you realize that it only affected you. Because I also feel like sometimes we end up feeling the resentment and holding on to it to not make it seem like it's not fair. Like if I let go of this resentment... And if I let go of this anger, it makes what they did okay. And I feel like letting go of that thought process is also really beneficial because you can think, if I let go, this person did me wrong. If I let go of it, that person or she or he is going to feel like it's okay that they did that. And actually, it's not got anything to do with them because it's about what you're carrying inside of you. And also, this part is really sad, but a lot of times it's subconsciously not realizing but if I let this anger go Mm. then I have nothing left of this person exactly and a lot of times anger your body's communicating something with you and I just had a solo episode on it 
last month. Mm. And it's your body communicating with you. Anger stems normally from pain where you feel yeah. that somebody crossed your boundaries or you feel that somebody treated you unfairly or yeah. you're disappointed by the outcome of where your relationship ended up going, whether it's friendship, platonic mm. or romantic. So your anger is coming from being hurt. So it's Definitely. easier for me to hate you than it is to say- to feel hurt by you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm hurting because I'm the victim or- I'm going to release this because if I release this, then I have nothing you. left of you. I have, now I have to release you. And that's, yeah. I, I hate that. I'd rather hate you. Definitely. Than... It's like that final thread of connection exactly. to that person. Yeah. Yeah. It's sad. I think I present it very well because I'm very good at wearing masks where mm -hmm. I act like everything's always fine. But to me personally, it eats me up for so long when I'm hurt by someone. I just, I cannot release yeah. it. And in the end, it literally affects me. Yeah, of and course. Like, it affects, I mean, anger and pain affect you emotionally, physically, mentally, spiritually. It's like everything feeds into the other. So anger isn't just something that affects your mind or your emotions during the day. It's like, it can, wh what you said, it like affects your gut microbiome. It affects the, your energy levels. Yeah. It affects your hair loss. Like there's so much that can come just from being stressed and anxious and anger being pented up in your body your physical body will suffer as well. 100%. Have you ever in your lifetime had a moment where you felt some type of resentment or anger towards someone and you struggled to release it? Oh my gosh, definitely. Like, You're like, oh my God, all the time. All the, all the time. I'm every a Leo. Day. Yeah, I'm every Leo, day. That's who I am. No, I definitely have. And, you know, whether it's in minute situations where it's been an interaction with someone at, you know, even it could be a simple thing of someone at an event that was just rude to you or big things where it's family members that have really hurt or upset you. I've definitely struggled with letting that go. And again, it's the, how dare they? And if I let it go, then, then they're going to feel like what they did is okay to whoever they've hurt or if they've hurt me. I've now learned, and I've had this conversation with my mom a lot because she, her thing is like, I let people walk over me. That's how she sees it as a protective mother. Aww. But in my mind, I keep saying to her, I'm like, it doesn't feel like that at all. Because when I let go of things and even if I invite them back into my life I'm doing it for me because even if I appreciate their company I know what's coming with it now and, yeah. I, and I'm aware of it so I'm not by any means naive or being too kind or being too anything I feel like being too kind there's always a reason for it so yeah. if I am too kind it's because I'm you either trying something. to gain something I'm feeding off it there's something that I am receiving from that interaction and so I'm very well aware of my boundaries, but at the same time, I'm very well aware of the fact that I love spending time with people. I love interacting with people and having awkward interactions with people is more energy draining than having a situation where my heart has released and I can be in a room with them and have the best time ever versus yeah. being in a room with someone that I've held on to something for years and years and years. Even if it's once a year, I have to see them. I don't want that once a year to be awkward. I, I just want peace. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. Though I think I used to be like that where I maybe wouldn't hold it on because I do kind of release really easily. But I think in the past, my ego was my worst enemy. Yeah. It was my ego that I want them to know yes. that I don't forgive them. I want them to know that they can't treat me this way. Yeah. And I didn't, I didn't realize that it was my ego. Mm. And then I would always, you know, imagine scenarios where I run in, up to them and I tell them yes, exactly. exactly how I feel. And then when I actually saw them, I would just get quiet. Yeah. Because I was, I we, we said it in my head so many times that I was <laughs> just in shock when I would see yeah. them. And again, didn't benefit me. So eventually I just released it. And I think the biggest, again, revenge or pain or whatever is where 
you allow people back into your life, but not enough. And eventually they'll know, they'll know that you don't love them the same. Yeah. They'll know that they've they created a boundary. Yeah. They know. I remember when I was younger, I used to get teased a lot. I was a little, I was overweight. Being so pretty? Oh, okay. no, definitely not. <laughs> oh, unfortunately, the opposite. Well, fortunately, it actually shaped a lot of who I was and the, I'm really grateful for it. But so part of being the smart businesswoman that I am is to be making super, super, super good decisions at all times. And although 50% of the time, I obviously still make regrettable decisions because I am Violetta. <laughs> there is one decision that I have been making recently that has made me super proud of myself. Well, two, actually. Number one, not going back to the people that broke me. But number two, using every plate for my meal and food services. If you're looking to better budget your food expenses right now, then I got you, baby, okay? You can get more bang for your bite with America's Best Value Meal Kit. Every plate is 25% cheaper than grocery shopping and 50% cheaper than your average fast casual meal with no hidden fees so you can count on great value week after week. Plus, you only pay for what you need with their pre-portioned ingredients. They plan the meals and then they deliver them the pre-portioned ingredients right to your door. They're literally the easiest way to eat affordably. I mean, that's why I choose them aside from how easy it is to cook, including they have these 15 minutes or less dinners. Those are my favorite because I have the attention span of a fish and the memory of a fish. But their meal kits are so well known for such a low price that that is one of the things that sets every plate apart from any other meal services. Every plate provides plenty of delicious varieties so you'll never get stuck in a cooking rut with their 26 tasty and affordable recipes that change every week, including the 15 minutes or less dinners to lunch dishes that I mentioned. It's so easy to find something flavorful and satisfying every single day. Plus, you can add even more delicious options to your order with up to 22 convenient sides, lunches, snacks, and desserts. So get started today with every plate for just $1.49 per meal. That's right, you heard me. By going to everyplate.com slash podcast and entering my code 49adulting. That is up to $110 value, okay? So again, get started today with every plate for just $1.49 per meal by going to everyplate.com slash podcast entering my code 49adulting. Support a healthy habit and support my podcast. Love ya. I was teased a lot when I was younger, especially by guys who just, you know, would call me names and whatever. And I remember for years and years when I ended up feeling like I got more confident and I started working out and I was feeling like a better version of myself. I would be like, I always wanted to go on those shows. You know, on the shows where they, I can't remember what there was like Maury or whatever it was, but you'd go on there and it would be like, yeah, well, these are the guys that did this to me. And they'd bring the guys out and you're like a new version <laughs> of yourself. And yeah. you like walk down, you strut your stuff. And I remember holding on to like, not necessarily going on the show, but holding on to those moments where I wanted to prove something to someone because of how they treated me when I was younger. I was shocked how long I held on to those four. And I got to a point where I was like, wow, I'm still waiting to meet this person who means nothing <laughs> to me just to be like, well, now look. Yeah. But for what? Yeah. Like, honestly, for what? Because the thing is, even if that happened 10 years down the line, who's actually won? That person or me? Because I've been holding on to this thing for 10 years, taking up space in my body and my mind space. This person's gone on living with their life. They're not even remembering that they did this to me. You know what's so funny? I actually saw an episode on a uh, long time ago. I think it's How I Met Your Mother. And 
Robin, when she was younger, there was this really, Robin's a girl. When she was younger, there was this really hot guy that she dated who I broke her heart. I watched recently. Yeah, and then she gets older. Now she has everything and she wants to prove him something because he's kind of a loser yeah. now and he still he breaks still her heart it. again. Exactly. Yes. And they talk about it. They call it some syndrome. I forget. Yes. But it's literally where she's not seeing him for who he is. She's just like, oh my God, he yeah. actually noticed me this yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah, it's so true. I actually have a similar experience to what you're talking about. When I was growing up during... I think my early 20s or my teenage years was the same thing where I grew into my looks and I was bullied and all that. And I, and at one point I felt so invisible and I just didn't know who I was, especially when I was an accountant and I was getting bullied in my job yeah. right before I created Daddy Issues. Mm-hmm. For all these years, I constantly felt so invisible and I was like, oh, one day maybe. Mm-hmm. And then I created Daddy Issues and I had the same thing in the back of my head. All those guys, all those ignored people. Me. And I remember one day those guys finally gave me a chance or I gave them a chance and then ended yeah. up being, I didn't care for them. Yeah. But I held such a torch for them. And then one of them, I talked to him and I was like, oh, because it was so invisible. Blah, blah. And he was like, who are you talking about? No, you weren't invisible. And it was crazy for me to realize like, wow, no one else saw me this way. Like, I, I felt invisible. Spent, I wasn't seen as invisible. Exactly. Yeah. I spent so many years thinking I'm so invisible. No one sees me. And it was just in my head. Yeah. It's my reality. And yeah. for what? Mm-mm. With these guys. And I'm like, also like, who? these guys still live at home. They're like in their 30s now. They haven't <laughs> changed since I thought they were cool when they were yeah. 17. It's like that thing where you're obsessing over something so intensely, like before you're going out, let's say you've got a spot on your face, right? Yeah. You're constantly looking at it. You're looking every time you're getting ready. That's all you see. Every time you look in the mirror, that's all you see. And then you go out and you're talking to someone. You're like, they're definitely looking at my spot and they don't even notice it. But in your mind, yeah. you're like, no, they're def- that's all they're looking at. That's all they can see. You take a picture. All you see in that is that spot. Even if you have to zoom in, that's the only... If you tell yourself something enough and you constantly keep feeding yourself that, that is all you're going to end up. Yeah, that's all you're going to think about. And the reason that person finally notices it is because you say, oh my God, are you staring at my pimple? Like, don't look. And then they're like, I haven't noticed it, but now I am. Yeah. Oh yeah, it is there. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like I knew it. Just stay at home. (laughs) One thing that I thought that was really interesting when you were talking and we kind of got lost in the conversation, but I was like, oh man, I actually really like where this is going. When I asked you about the being positive and you started talking about, it took you a while to grow into your confidence or to find yourself. At what point did you find yourself? Because I think so many of us, especially women, it, it's, it's mm. a life journey to find yeah. ourselves. So I would say that, especially being from an Indian background, I find women are expected to, it's just part of the tradition and the culture where you grow up, you Get, you go to university, you you go to college, you then come back, you stay with your parents. Like you're, you're under the guardianship of your parents to start with. Like that's how you start your life. You're that until the age of like 18. Then you go away to college, but they're still the people who are like kind of telling you what to do. They still have some sort of hold over you, what you do, how you spend your money, whatever it is until you get yourself a job. When you come back home after college, that's the time where, well, now it's time for you to get married. There's no like, hey, why don't you go and, you know, be by yourself? That's not part of the culture. So I went from being at college, my parents weren't like that. They weren't like, get married, get married. But as part of your culture, if if everybody's getting married in their 20s or early 20s, it doesn't even seem like an option not to. Me and Jane had been dating for a couple of years. So naturally, even if you're dating for a couple of years, it's like, well, why are you not married yet? And so we pushed the boundaries by even dating for those couple of years rather than dating for a year and then getting married. We dated for a couple of years and then we got married. And what I realized is, If you don't get the opportunity to find yourself and have moments where you're by yourself when you're younger, 
you then get married and then you're trying to find yourself in a marriage like individually I would say I'm still on that journey because I didn't get that time of like spending focused time on myself I was also someone who avoided that by like busying myself in other people's lives and thinking I was just helping everybody else when really I was probably trying not to focus on me the answer to your question is I feel like I'm still figuring all of that out because I relied a lot on other people telling me who I was, what I was, the type of person I was, what I liked, what I didn't like. It was very influenced by everybody around me rather than me intuitively understanding myself that I'm now after like being somewhat separated from the people I was relying on a lot to tell me that have started figuring that out but it is like a really hard process to unlearn when you've been doing that for such a long time so I feel like I'm still trying to figure that out every single year especially because my life changed so much I wasn't expecting it to go this way where I'm trying to figure out do I even like what I'm doing do I like being on online and in the world it kind of just came to me versus it being something that I was seeking And so trying to figure that out as time is going on. But I would say for anybody who is, hasn't had that opportunity to have time alone, really do that for yourself because then you get married and naturally you then end up thinking about having children. And especially for a woman, you don't get that time of like, hey, this is my period alone. And when you are alone, you think, oh, I'm single. That's such a bad thing. And I'm like, no, it's such a beautiful thing to have. But at the time, society makes you feel like you either have to be under the guardianship of your parents, married to someone or with kid. Like as a woman, you don't get told being alone is a really strong, phenomenal place to be in. I uh, think also to say in your culture. Yes. I think I think now Americans may, with social media and the internet, yes. but it's probably like in the old days and in the culture, specific culture. But I think even now, after the age of 30, I still think that there is still a big social pressure for people to feel like they need to be in relationships. And if they're not, then it's a failure. Like I would say, yeah. I have women who are like strong, incredible businesswomen, really phenomenal in what they do. And they are powerful and they're wonderful. But they still hit that, like that thing of I'm 30 now and I feel like I should be in a relationship and it's getting on that maybe just I feel it and I really want to be it but it's also hey people are looking at me and thinking why I've got this I've got this I've got this why have I not got totally got someone yeah and so people I was look at a successful romantic relationship as a an achievement yes. or a goal versus what about the platonic relationships that you've yeah. continued to have throughout your whole life what about the relationship you have with your family yeah. that you savored and really continue to build mm. with together people look at a romantic relationship as a one all yeah. yeah and so i think totally. yes definitely more so in my culture but even i'd say in society generally across cultures i find that that is still something that women have to like think about and retrain their mind to because you know it's been the natural pattern yeah everyone throughout cultures no it's interesting my dad actually regrets giving this advice when my dad gave my sister and i advice when we were uh, very young um i think i was like 13 or 14 my dad sat me down he was like with this very thick russian accent he basically told me that you know one day you're gonna grow up your looks are gonna fade you won't be beautiful your husband is gonna cheat on you he may cheat on you and leave you and he's going to leave you with nothing. So you need to have an education and you need to care about what you want to do. So who do you want to be in this life? And I was like, I don't know. I'm 14. Like, I don't know. And that's always with my dad. I remember when 
I graduate university, he woke me up at 6 a.m. And he was like, yeah. wake up, get job. And I was like, dad, I just graduated yeah. yesterday. He goes, I know, yesterday student, today unemployed. Yes. And I heard him talking to my mom. He said, what should we do? Allah, do we kick her out? Maybe maybe she, you know, she's alone in the streets and then she finds herself. And I was like, like what? Time to get a job. <laughs> They're going to kick me yeah. out? Yeah, it was really stressful. My dad was always very extreme person. So you're married to Jay Shetty. Yes, I would say most I people. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I would say most people know him. He's in the, one of the elite, the biggest in his yeah. industry, in our industry, my industry. I don't know. Everyone's this <laughs> industry. I love him. He's been on this podcast as well. Yeah. And is it hard to focus on yourself and to try to find yourself and figure out your purpose when you have a partner that's already so driven that already knows what they want to do. Mm -hmm. It was difficult at the beginning, not because, I mean, he's incredible and he has forever prioritized trying to help me figure out my journey and who I am. He never wanted my journey to be his journey. Right. And I really appreciated that. But definitely was because I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I threw myself into his life. Where I was like, oh, because his purpose is so beautiful and what he wants to do is so amazing. I don't know what mine is. Let me just help him with his. Like, let me just yeah. follow in his footsteps because it looks great and it's wonderful. Why not? But as time's gone on, what you realize is if it's not your true purpose and if it's not your true calling, if you're not having those desires day in, day out, that fuel runs out very fast. And yeah. so you can have the desire for it. But if you don't have the deeper intentions, like you said, the drive for it, it's not yours. His journey is his journey. My journey is my journey. And it's just like everybody else in the world, right? Like having those sep that separation of who you are, what you love doing is so important. Mm -hmm. And so it's been difficult more because I created the difficulties for myself of avoiding what, like the work that I needed to do and took an easier route by following his. Yeah, It's been easy because watching him and what it means and looks like to live your purpose, I now can identify and see, wow, this is what not externally looks like. This is what it looks like internally. And on a day-to-day -day basis, what it looks like to commit to something that you love, what it looks like to wake up every day and still do it because you have that drive inside of you to want to, what it looks like to actually have deep purpose. I've seen it from like close up proximity with someone who has it. And so now I know what it looks like. I know I have to find whatever that is that drives me in the same way and creates that within me. So it's actually been really beautiful to watch because it's shown me a very clear view of it. Now I need to see what that is for me and grasp onto that and really connect to what it is for me. But yeah, I'd say it's got its beauty and there's always a good and a bad to everything. Was it ever hard for you then to watch your partner be so motivated and then them also trying to encourage you mm -hmm. to, you know, to figure out your purpose <laughs> and you don't know what you want? Did it ever make you feel because, you know, we all have various emotions. There's nothing wrong with feeling sometimes anger or yeah, those negative emotions. But do you ever feel, you know, shame or guilt or irritation where you're like, oh my God, I don't know. Oh like gosh, you're being so helpful, time. but like, stop. All the time, I don't want to talk about it. Like, yeah, he because he's so helpful. Right. I don't want to talk about it. It makes me not feel suffocated in a negative way, but suffocated like, okay, but I don't know what to do with all this help right now. Everyone can give you every single tool in the world. But if you don't know what you want to use it for, you're sitting there with a room full of stuff you have no idea how to use. And so it's more me saying, not right now. I'll tell you when I can utilize your time, your energy, the tools that you have in the right way. 
rather than you throwing it at me where my ego is coming up because I've got all of this accessible to me and I don't yet know how to utilize it and it's frustrating me because you're wasting your time I know it's accessible to me I'm not there yet yeah and so yes frustration I always experience frustration where he's like I'm gonna help you I'm gonna do this and then I get frustrated and my frustration comes out as tears and I'm like I just don't know what I'm doing and I just don't and so the, the cycle always is there he's always I'm always like breaking down he's like this is what we have to do we have to do this this and this we'll just break it down there's steps and I'm like but I don't know what to do with these steps I don't know how to start step one it's really wonderful to have someone so supportive and watching him yes at the beginning of our relationship I would be like how the hell does he get so much done in a day (laughs) like who does that and how and he is someone who is so like to the hour of his lunch break everything is like scheduled and there's a time where he's changing his clothes and there's a time where he's eating his lunch and and I was at the beginning I had zero structure to my life mentally physically emotionally in my work I had no structure and always you say that you know what I'm just a creative head as the, that that's like the excuse <laughs> I want. I'm just a creative that's just not my expertise but what I realized is you can be a creative and still use your creativity in a way that is functional and strategic so that you can make the most out of it. And that's what I've seen him do. And so at first I'd be like, damn, I got one thing done. And I've seen him do like three podcasts, you know, write scripts for things. I'm like, oh my goodness. But I've also learned how to not compare what we do in a day or like our mindsets because I'm also a very different person to him. Right. Our personalities are so different. The way that we think is so different. And so after seeing that, I'm like, that's so beautiful and wonderful for him. But also if I did that, I would probably be breaking down at the end of each day. So I've lent my capacity to like appreciate, but not have to mimic or replicate. That's good. I like, I like that you bring up that part because sometimes I think people don't want to admit truths like that because it may come off negative or in a bad way where you could potentially feel competitiveness with your partner without realizing or they're not doing anything on purpose but it makes you feel bad about yourself because you're not you feel like now you're not doing enough or you don't know what you're doing so how were you able to then see those emotions in yourself be self-aware enough to be like okay that's nothing to do with him we're just different people Mm. for him he's going to be so happy at the end of the day for me I'm going to go mad or just so Um, how did you get there first I want to just say something because it reminded me of my friend telling me how she used to be so worried about taking naps during the day because her partner was so efficient like in in her day like she was just doing so much and she would get through so much and she would hear her partner like come up the stairs and she'd be pretending like she wasn't (laughs) napping and that she was working because she realized that for her she really needed a nap during the day to be able to function but she was so worried because her partner was so productive that it would make her look lazy yeah um so I just thought that was quite funny so what does she do now she just sleeps no. with like no, no. glasses that have like fake eyes the on them guys, yeah no now I think they've all they've also become so much more accepting of each other's pace of life and understanding that what looks like productivity to one person is just so not, true yeah it's not productivity to another person And how have I managed to like train my mind for that? Well, honestly, I see it as the amount of sacrifice, the amount of work and the amount of dedication it has taken for him to get there. Do I want to put that in? And that was an honest question I had to ask myself. For me, speaking to my mom during the day is really important. For me, having conversations with my friends during the day is really important. And so 
those are things that he doesn't necessarily account for in his day because his value is based on what he's doing. Yeah. And he wants to do that. So he will save weekends for that. And that's how he structures his day. For me, if I don't speak to my mom every day, I will feel like I'm missing out on time with her. Aww. And so for me, that's that's something I want to add into my day. So whether that means I get one less video made or whatever it is. And so I've had to figure out what do I value in my life and my time. And that doesn't make it any better or worse than than what his is or anybody else's. But I know what's going to make me happy and feel productive by the end of the day. And mine's not just related to, and neither is his. Um, he's got a whole separate schedule, but mine's linked to so many other things that I may pr- prioritize that he doesn't and he may prioritize certain right. things that I don't and that's made me feel so much happier because at the end of the day you want to get to the end of the day and feel happy like I want to feel happy with what I've done not just productive not just successful in certain areas I want to feel like I've I've got something out of my day that's benefited me in many different ways and so connection to me is really important during the day so connection makes you happy. Yeah, connection makes me so happy. I, I know for me, if I don't speak to my grandma every other day or whenever I get an opportunity to, I will feel like I'm missing out on time with her and that will inevitably make me more anxious than missing out on a couple of, you know, podcasts or videos that yeah. I could be shooting. I know that sitting down and making sure I get my meals in as he prioritizes that too is really important to me and having a connection with my food. I know that taking breaks and going outside, we've started walking when we do our meetings now because movement is so important to me. And so we will walk on a treadmill while we're doing our meetings. So I think it's it's noticing the parts of my life that that fuel me and that won't necessarily if he did my schedule, he would probably really hate it. Yeah. Like he would not, it would not be enjoyable to him. I think I've just managed it that way, just just really appreciating what my own happiness comes from and not expecting it to be from other people's happiness. I like that. That's good. Yeah, Yeah. you're finding yourself. So, okay, this is a silly question because I think I'm asking in a way where I'm projecting based on how something would make me feel. Mm -hmm. Do you ever feel like you're scared of finally realizing or finding your true purpose because you have a partner that's really successful in what he's doing? So you're scared of accidentally figuring it out and then failing when you have someone that's not failing? I don't feel that pressure because of that reason. My fears are more based on, what are my fears based on when it comes to stuff like that? It's based on my own insecurities of not being good enough more than the fear of failure. So I don't actually like, even when it comes to my book, like I'm also not a numbers person in the sense of like, I want to hit New York Times bestseller. I want to be the number one podcast. Like I want to do that. I'm, I've never been a number driven human. And so for me, I want it to be successful to some degree. I have to train my mind to do that versus being someone naturally inclined to it. And so I know that I do a lot of things to prove to myself I can do it more than because I'm still trying to prove myself to myself. I'm still trying to tell myself, you can actually finish a book. You can complete a project. You do have the knowledge that you need to do a podcast, to go on a stage. I went on stage for the first time and spoke to people, which I would have never done, but I wanted to do it to prove to myself I can do it. So I'm in the process right now of building confidence for myself that I'm not even thinking about what other people are thinking about it. To some degree, I obviously am. But right. majority of me is thinking about not failing to myself and not disappointing myself because I've done that for so long of not completing things, not finishing projects, not saying I'm going to do things and not doing them, not committing to myself. So I think I'm in the era of showing myself I can do it before I'm even worrying about what other people are thinking or saying about it. Yeah. Where do you think feeling not good enough comes from? 
I think it, it comes from when I realized a lot of what I liked about myself, a lot of what I thought I was good at, a lot of what I perceived myself at had all come from other people's perceptions of me. And I was like, I have no idea actually whether any of these things are true. They've just been fed to me in my mind. So if someone told me that I'm like, I'm a really good tomato long enough, I would have probably thought I was a tomato. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like, it's just, I've been told, that was a really bad example, but you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, but like, if you're a dancer or yeah, whatever, someone you're was really like, good. you're an amazing, if I was a really terrible dancer, someone was like, you are an amazing dancer, you should go on. That's how people get on, you know, those dance, those uh, America's Got Talent. Someone's told them, you are an amazing dancer, you're an amazing dancer, they've believed it, they've gone on, and then they're like, and then they're like, oh, wow, I'm not really, maybe someone just told me I was a really good dancer. Yeah, wow, I never thought how, if you grow up with so much good validation, it can actually mess you up as an adult because then you start to question yourself. Yeah. I'm actually good at this. Yes. Or were people always lying to me? me? Yeah. Wow, that's Definitely. interesting. I had pe people around me obviously so loving and so kind. And, and again, it was a mixture of that, but it was also a mixture of me giving away my power to a lot of people, not because that they were power hungry, but because I was like oh they do know me they want the best for me of course they should decide what degree I do of course they should decide where I go to university of course they should make all my decisions for me because they know me better than I felt like I knew myself right. so I gave a lot of my power away and so when it came to me it was almost like I had to make decisions for another person that's how I felt about myself because I didn't know myself so it was like me making decisions for a stranger that's right. how I felt about myself and so because I constantly asked a third party to make the decisions for me. That mean, I feel like I'm learning so much about you. Like it makes so much sense. Obviously, we grew up in completely different cultures, mm -hmm. but it makes sense. Like now I understand more who you are and it makes sense. Now you're finding your purpose because you lived most of your life where people told you who you were. And now it's the first time where you have the opportunity to kind of figure out who you are on your own terms. Mm -hmm. Like that's, what a beautiful journey. It's, it's like so this whole nice. new chapter in your life. And it's so interesting because as I'm doing that, I'm learning how to be a little bit more assertive. I find it quite difficult to like actually say what I'm thinking or how I'm feeling, if it's going to make a situation awkward or if it's going to make the other person dislike me. And so it's been such an interesting journey because even with some of my closest friends, I've started becoming a bit more assertive and being like, no, actually, I don't want to do this. Or can you actually change your schedule for this? Because this is actually something that's important to me. They think I'm mad or upset or being really aggressive when it's, it's actually, if you, if you read the messages or you heard what I was saying, it's a very normal thing for people to be saying, but because I've been so submissive or like quite neutral in a lot of ways that now I'm becoming assertive, it seems like I'm being aggressive. And so me putting my foot down is almost like they're seeing a shift in, they think they're seeing a shift in my personality or I'm becoming a different person. And that for me was really difficult too. Cause I was like, oh, they don't think I'm as nice anymore. Like they don't think I'm as nice anymore and they don't think that I'm that person who's just like sweet to them all the time. And so that, even that in itself took so much time for me to shift because I was like, do I put my foot down? They're not going to think that I'm just easygoing and like that person that they can just, you know, that's free flow that they can say whatever. I'm that friend that you can say whatever you want to do whatever you want and I'll just still be there. And, and so it took a while for me to be okay with, yeah, I am changing as a person. And whether people perceive that as a good thing or a bad thing because of how I've allowed them to see me right. or how they see me, I can't keep being this person because I know it's not making me happy. So I have to create changes. And if those changes make someone say, oh, 
this is a bit different. I'm not sure I like this version. Then it's kind of like not. It is hard. It is. I agree. I I always think that I'm so assertive and quote unquote aggressive and all that. But I do allow a lot of times for people to walk all over me or take advantage of me, even though surprises me as well <laughs> but it took me years and it was my mom always telling me like Violetta life is too short yeah like it's okay to cut off people they're yeah. not right because for me I used to be the type of person if you're like I like what you're wearing can I just have it and I'll be like oh okay yeah and even though it yeah. made me unhappy and then I'm miserable the rest of the night I would just do it but then I'm miserable the rest yeah. of the night I'm just quiet and silent yeah. about it and then I'm like why would I even do it oh do you want to go there and there and there oh okay and then I do it I'm not happy inside and then I'm like and eventually I stopped doing that. And yeah, it was the same thing where my friends were like, wow, like, you're, you're being selfish. Yes. You're changing. I'm like, you know what? That's fine, I guess. Yeah. For so long, I've lived through other people's perception of me. And I'm kind of at this point where I'm like, yeah, it's not making me happy. And it's making me into a, but I'm getting further and further away from who I actually am only to get to the end of my life and realize I didn't know myself at all. And how sad would that be? If I get to the end of my life and I feel like everybody else knows a version of me and I never took the time to get to know who I actually was. Yeah, yeah I'm on. I'm doing that now. At the moment. I'm still going through. I'm like at the big, I feel like I'm at the beginning of it. And so I'm going through all those awkward like conversations and kind of like putting my randomly having these outbursts of being assertive. I'm like, maybe that was too much. Maybe I shouldn't have put a full stop. Yeah. Maybe I should have put a little heart emoji to soften it. <laughs> I think I think it actually ends up being a whole lifetime where you keep fi figuring out and finding out who you are. And I think that's so fun and beautiful. And I think one of the most beautiful things, it's not just about yourself, but I feel that I'm still continuously learning about my parents, about yeah, my sister, yes. about the people in my life. And I think that's the success when it comes, one of the things that for success with any type of relationships is you never want to stop learning about mm. them. So yeah, maybe, oh, you're not being that nice right now, but maybe because I want you in my life, I want to learn about you. I want to learn about this new version of yourself yeah. instead of making you feel guilty for changing mm -hmm. for yourself. The closer that I get to myself, the more I'm able to connect to other people better because I feel like the more disconnected you are to yourself, it's almost like you're looking at everyone through a telescope of like a lot of different lenses because you've put so much projections on yourself that you're almost seeing people through all these other lenses also. And then as soon as that telescope is like shortened and you're getting closer and closer to yourself and understanding who you are, you kind of get to their depths and their like true self faster. And they feel that from you too. Like when you're distant from your own self, I think people feel it. Like yeah, people so energetically true. feel it where they're like, I feel the presence of this person here. I see them in front of me. I see their physical body. I even hear what they're saying. But there's a disconnect between what they're saying, them being physically present and who they actually are. And I remember hearing this quote and it's always stuck by me. And I think it's one of my spiritual teachers, Radhanath Swami, he says, and I don't know whether he was quoting it from somewhere else. Integrity is when your words, your actions and your thoughts all align. So what I'm saying to you is also what I'm thinking about you is also how I'm acting towards you. And I thought about that, I was like, that's actually so true because when you are far from yourself, I could be saying to you, you're so beautiful. And my mind's thinking, ugh. And then my actions are showing you, oh, but like, you're, you know, I'm touching your dress. I'm like, wow, this is so amazing. Like, that's me not actually connecting to who I am in that moment. Right. But as soon as you hear someone speak from a place of integrity and value and honesty, you feel it. You feel their words. Are so, they say like two words to you and you're like, 
oh my God, I felt that. They hug right. you and you're like, I felt that. That was like a hug that meant something. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah, that's so true. You feel it. You feel when there's something off about someone yeah. or their intentions are different yeah. because they're not being honest about who they are. I want to be that person that like people hug and they're like, wow, like I felt that from that person or I say something and it feels like meaning that it that it hits your heart. And another thing that I heard was when you do speak with integrity, and you have that alignment, those words go straight to someone's heart. Like you can say something and it goes to their mind and they're like, great, they hear it, they don't really process it. But when you speak with integrity and you act in it, your words go to someone's heart directly. Like they feel it because it's in such alignment. And I'm like, wow, that's powerful. That like is your words powerful. are so much more powerful when you, when you speak or act in that way. I love when I can feel what someone says in my mm. heart. I mean, that is the most, right. that's talent too. And rare. Yeah. Like I think about it, I'm like, there are some people that I meet and I just feel so much love from them and I've barely known them. And then there are people who I've known for years and I meet them every single time and I feel no ounce of love from them. Yeah, you notice genuine energy in a moment. It doesn't take long. You don't have to have known someone for a long time to feel that from them. That's so true. That's that's really interesting. It makes me almost want to be more self-aware in how I present myself Same. to the it's world. It's made me so self-aware. <laughs> yeah. What's your definition of love? Meeting someone where they're at. And accepting them for like what, like for who they are. Like, no, I don't even like saying accepting them for who they are, but meeting someone where they're at and being okay with it. Like not having this illusion and that's in friendship, relationships, your mom, your dad, like not having this grandiose, I don't even know whether that's the term, but this illusion of who they are supposed to be or what you've created them in your mind to be. Or what they're supposed to do for you. Yeah. Or just who they're supposed to be. Like we create all these images of what a mom is supposed to look like, what a dad is supposed to look like, what a partner is supposed to look like. Meeting people where they're at is one of the biggest forms of love that you can show to someone because you're saying, I accept who you are as you are. Aww. And I feel like I know I felt most love where someone sees it all and they're like, I accept you for who you are. Like my mom will accept me for who I am as I am. And it's a really special thing to be able to show someone that you, you feel for them. I accept you as you are. So do you have a moment um, in your memory where you remember where you felt the most loved? Honestly, I feel a lot with my grandma. Aww. I feel very loved by my grandma. From the second that she sees me like walking through the door to when I'm leaving, even if I'm leaving London for the 10th time in that year, there is the hug is like the most loving hug. Let's say she sees me every single day that week, every single day she sees me, she just like embraces me with like almost the same enthusiasm from like the, for if, whether she's seen me after a year or after a week, the same love. She prays for me every single day. Aww. She, there's just so That's much. That's my parents with me now. Right? That's so much true. distance love and so much love when I see her. But I just feel it every single day through me. Like every single day I feel her love through me. So yeah. <laughs> That's really sweet. That's beautiful. What would you say your favorite thing about yourself is? Sorry, I always get emotional. Oh. <laughs> is it because I look like I was getting emotional? No, I cry every time I talk about her. It's just one of about those About your things. grandma? <laughs> yeah. I thought it was actually really soon when you were talking about your grandma because I used to be best friends with mine and I, she's passed away. So Aww. talking about that was like this sweet. That's cute. <laughs> it's an uncontrollable reaction to thinking about her. <laughs> no, I'm the same way when I talk about my grandma. That's really sweet. What a beautiful thing that you have your grandma around and what a beautiful thing of how yeah. much you, you're able to accept love from your loved ones and yeah. you're able to give it back. And the way you talk about them, I mean, it brings so, so much joy to you. It's 
it's honestly so endearing and sweet to watch. Yeah, she is a very Aww. special human. Um, what was the question? Sorry. <laughs> well, now I'm tearing up too. So, <laughs> sorry. Cool. Man, why did you because have to I start responded? tearing up? <laughs> <I know. laughs> I was, you know, I wasn't even going to say her because I knew I would cry if I talked about it. But I was like, that's the person that just comes to mind every time I think about love. So I couldn't not bring her up. But I love that. That's really sweet that she gets to show you. She gets to make you feel loved. And you're also are such a loving person that you're also able to accept it. Because so mm. many people are constantly searching yeah. love from people who don't want to give it to them that they don't realize there's all these people around them that are just trying to love them yeah. so I think it's so sweet because just from where I'm coming from because I don't have my grandma yeah. in my life so it's so sweet that you appreciate it I hope yeah, more yeah, people will yeah. get to appreciate the people that are in their life and they do want to love them I hope mm -hmm. they can appreciate and allow those people to love them yeah that's so true we're always chasing after something that feels either unattainable or you're always looking for love in the wrong places yeah because you think oh, well that person already loves me and they're always going to yeah, be there but, what but about they're not this person's love it's different exactly yeah. <laughs> but they're not always going to be there they could be gone tomorrow and like it's going to be so sad if you don't just allow them to love you in this exact moment yeah so that was really sweet thank you for sharing of course uh <laughs> crying with me of course yeah, so yeah. Tear session. what would you say the least favorite thing about yourself is I'm so indecisive and I find that really frustrating to myself because a lot of the indecisiveness also comes from not being sure whether I'm making the right decision for someone else even if it comes to like picking a food yeah like, that they want to eat I'm, I'm like, like that too. Oh, what will they think what if they don't want that what if they don't like it and I'm like the, the indecisiveness is really energy draining from a young age again I think that that comes with having the power to make decisions for yourself from a young age right. And so definitely something I'm trying to work on, just like, even if I'm not sure, just making that decision, because I feel like that's the first step towards becoming somewhat decisive. But it's a really deeply rooted thing that I seem to have that I find difficult on a day-to-day -day basis, basis to be decisive. That's so interesting because yeah. I'm so indecisive and it never bothered me. Oh, wow. No, so it's so interesting what how much meaning it can hold for one person yeah. versus someone else. Yeah. Like, I can't even pick my own food. So yeah. normally, in, instead of being frust frustrated about it, it's more I'll just ask the waiter or the host or whomever. I'll be like, well, what's your favorite thing? Yeah. And then I just get whatever someone else likes. Uh -huh. And I think a lot of things I do in life is just based on what other people, like the people will be like, what's your favorite color? I can't choose yeah. one. I think I've become more aware of it as time's gone on because of the amount of time and energy my mind uses to make right. that decision. Because sometimes I'm like looking for something that should be really simple, but then I'm pulling up all the different versions and trying to like, and it's just such a simple thing. It's like, it's just trash bags. Like you don't need to think about what trash, it doesn't need to be that deep, you know, just yeah. pick a trash bag, you'll order it, it'll come. If you don't like it, order another one. <laughs> yeah, um, I like that too. So speaking of love, I'm kind of curious, I think it'll be sweet. Was there a specific moment with your partner, Jay, that you looked at him and you realized that oh, I love this person? I honestly ended up really thinking about him in that way as a partner when I was actually hearing him speak about spirituality. I knew him as someone who was teaching at the time, like he was a teacher and he was, he was sharing his wisdom and he was doing all these talks and I would go to them. And for me, it was like seeing someone who I felt had understood themselves and spirituality so deeply in a way that was that he could share it with so many people and it hit them so deep and it helped them to live their life so much better and that's what it did for me and so seeing someone who 
I really knew I wanted someone with a deep spiritual connection. Like I wanted our whole foundation to be based on that. You know, I don't think there was one specific moment, if I'm honest, but I think it was. You're like, I'm still getting there. I'm kidding. <laughs> no, no. I, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're always getting there. I feel like, you, you know, you appreciate someone more and more as time yeah. goes on. But I think for me, it was progressively seeing that the impact that he was having on me and so many other people. But back in the day when he was, you know, even when he was a monk, I used to think, wow, like he is so spectacular in the way that he can talk about spirituality and lives it. And that was really attractive to me because that's what I wanted to base my foundations on too. And so I didn't even know him as a person. I felt like I knew him through how he was teaching. Yeah. And I found that really, really. I mean, it is always beautiful when you're watching someone talk about something they're passionate about. Yeah. How can you not fall in love with that And person? then to realize that he lives it also. Right. Was really spectacular because you can talk about things and you can say things and you can say things to public and you can, you know, live quite like a masked life. But then when the mask was taken away and I saw him how he lives his life every single day. I was like, wow, he lives it too. And I was like, that's, that's good. Yeah, that's really, really special. What I've been learning based on my research and interviews, what makes a successful partnership in life, in my opinion, stems from two things, which is continuing to choose each other every single day, even on days that I don't like you. Mm. And then number two is how you handle conflict. I never realized that if you handle conflict differently, that's usually the demise of a relationship. So I'm kind of curious, especially because you're such a positive person and Jay, you know, immerse himself in mental health and spirituality. And people sometimes assume that people like that then never have bad or negative emotions. But I'm kind of curious, how do you guys handle conflict in order to continue to have a good partnership? I would say I'm a positive person like day to day. But when it comes to conflict, I'm not the best person, if I'm honest. I am someone who can get quite defensive or shut down and be quite quiet. Uh, Whereas I find Jay is someone who really knows the steps to take to resolve the conflict so I say he probably leads in that to resolve and to figure that out and I'm slowly learning as time's going on we are both people who don't hold on to things for too long with each other and at the end of the day when you know the other person really deeply cares about you and has so much love for you if you have that belief nothing being said is meant in the way that you might have perceived it so giving that option for someone to explain what they meant like hey this hurt me when you said this in this way and they're like oh my goodness I didn't even realize that me saying those words would have even affected you in that way or me and my sister do that with each other as well we've become so much more honest about hey like when you said this to me in this way it really upset me and I would say oh gosh I was just sending a message really fast and I didn't mean it for for it to sound so hot I would even do that with like with the people that I work with because there's so much miscommunication that can happen and be taken in the wrong way that can be triggering to someone that you don't even realize. Yeah. And so, but that's so good that yeah. you guys learn to express and say it because normally, because I'm thinking of my own sister, we've had the miscommunications and then Definitely, I'm offended or she's offended. She doesn't say anything. Yeah. Well, you, most of the time, I don't say yeah. anything. And I think she meant a certain way. And if recently, when I've tried to just be like, hey, why would you say that part? And she'd be like, oh my gosh, that's not how I meant it. Okay, yeah. now I know that bothers you. And I'm like, are you being sarcastic? And she's like, no, no. I mean it. And I'm like, yeah. oh, wow, communication works. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think that's it. In any kind of relationship, it's it's communication, clarification, helping to understand that people see and hear things through their own filters, understanding that everyone sees things through their own traumas. You think about it in that way. If someone does get triggered or upset by you, know that it's 
also part of the loving relationship to explain yourself sometimes to clarify something if someone has trauma based on you know trust issues clarify things as much as you can yeah be open and honest as much as you can and I think uh when so you're wanting to learn about each other yes exactly I like that and I like that you guys don't hold grudges I think that part is yeah. very important yeah we, we we don't we're just seeing the grand scheme of things is 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 a good thing to do having a higher perspective on it I like that I'm, I'm that like that as well with mm. words but that's because I sometimes say words that I don't mean and right. that is why I don't take that personally yeah but I've had other people in my life that do take it personally because yeah. they don't do the same thing mm -hmm. but my mom always taught me and she's right you're born not knowing how to speak and then you die wishing you would shut the f up yeah <laughs> so yeah yeah you know so, and she always told me words are like birds once mm. they fly away you can't they're out there yeah. and she, i've said sometimes things in the past when i was younger true. or last week that I yeah regret. yeah <laughs> yeah it's so um, important to be so mindful of the words that you say to people and i'm so conscious of where i'm like it could be the last words i say to them whether it's because it ends a relationship, whether it's because they don't exist in the world anymore, like, and also how it affects other people. You could say something so flippantly and they have got so much trauma based around that one thing that you could really harm them in so many ways. I've become a lot more conscious about what I say and how I'm saying something to someone. There's only so much of it you can control right. because of the way that yeah, they yeah. receive, but at least having that mindful aspect from your side is really beneficial. So when Jay came on my podcast, one thing that I thought was really interesting, he talked about how for him, career and his purpose has always come first. And when yeah. he was looking for a partner, it was very important for him to have a partner that understood that. And you guys communicate that and you were always aware that yeah. his purpose will always come first. And personally, the way I grew up, my father would travel away for three months mm -hmm. and be home for a month. And I never realized that's actually what I look for in a partner who's right. like so into work yeah. because that's how I grew up with my father, putting always mm -hmm. putting work first. And it seemed that I worked for my mother, but for other women out there or people who have a partner that's so immersed into work, how do you handle that and then continue to still have clear communication or have your needs met when your partner will always put their work and their purpose as first? I think there's a difference between putting something first and then neglecting something else. I've never felt neglected. I like that. And I've never felt like it's a this or this. It's a, hey, I need to focus on this right now because I've got something really important coming along. And I think it goes in ebbs and flows. Like you feel like you've got deep connection at some points. And then at some points you have to go your own ways and figure out what you're doing. And, you know, he's got busy times, I've got busy times. And then we can reconnect again. And then we can disperse and do our own things and have his, he has his moments, I have my moments. And then we can reconnect again. And so I think it's different personality types. I have friends who love spending every single moment of every single day. Even when they're away from each other, they have to call each other all the time. That's so wonderful. It works for them. But then I know other partners in the entertainment industry and they have to go away months at a time for their tours, for whatever yeah. they're doing. And that works for them. And they're able to manage that and they're able to, you know, they'll either go there or they're really used to having long distance relationships that work. I think it's such a personality thing and such a specific thing to each relationship. Mm -hmm. And I find it difficult to even comment on like, what works for us because I think it's also an innate personality thing of I also enjoy being alone I yeah. also enjoy being with my friends a lot I also enjoy being at home with my mom there's very little that being at home with my mom and my dad cannot resolve for me and so 
I have a big support system in that respect where if I'm home, honestly, I'm like, I don't even miss LA. Like I'm good. I'm fine. I'm, I'm so happy where I am. And then I come back here and I'm also so happy and I'm also so grateful for it. I like what you just said. I thought I've never thought of it in that way. So that's a really good perspective. How you just mentioned the difference between putting your purpose or your work first versus you said it doesn't equal to me feeling neglected. Exactly, I've never yeah. felt neglected. And I never thought about that where you can accept not being first at this moment, mm-hmm. but you're still not neglected. Your needs are still being met. I love that. I, I think people probably maybe even use that sometimes as an, as an excuse to neglect definitely. their partner. Cause like, well, my work comes first. So. And that's the difference I cool. find with, with someone who does say, this is, I'm going to put my purpose first it makes a difference if they're saying, I'm going to put my purpose first, but then when I want something, I'll sacrifice it. Whereas for him, he's been consistent where he will sacrifice his sleep. He will sacrifice his own, everything to do with himself, he will sacrifice first before you even sacrifice your relationship. someone else. Someone else. And so I can't fault him because it's not like he's saying, I have to focus on my purpose, but actually I'm going to go on a boy's trip this weekend and you know, <laughs> whatever. But, but then I yeah. can't do this. It's not that. It's full immersive into that and and again I can't because he also told me that from the beginning we had very clear like things of I will not sacrifice my time with my family and you know that was really important to me and if anything happens I will be back in London and that will never be even a thought in my mind not to be and for him it was if something comes up and it's aligned with my purpose I will not be able to turn it down amazing we both have our values sorted and we both know what we want so again communication and knowing ahead of time what you guys were getting into I love that so how do you guys ensure that you continue to put your relationship a priority. Little getaways, if we've had like a lot of time apart from one another, we have good conversation. Like more than anything else, it's like having conversations. And I think we know whether it's based on things that we've been hearing or listening to or reading about, it creates like a point of conversation for each other and understanding ourselves better. And I I term something, I had this, you know, conversation about, I don't know, the other day, I had um, Dr. Ramani on, who does a lot about narcissism. So one day I'd heard her podcast with Jay and we had so much to talk about because I was reflecting on my personality traits. He was reflecting on his. We were breaking down what like that means on a day-to-day basis, how we interact with other people. I love having conversations like that because I think it's both of us being able to make each other better or having conversations that help us grow. Even more so than the like date nights or the other bits and pieces that we do in between but I know we connected based on spirituality and growth and for me coming back to that within our conversation within our practices having our meditation time together having the time that we are going to India on our spiritual retreats together like for me those are our strongest connection points what do you think um Jay's favorite thing about you is He's quite an expressive person. So I think I know oh, rather so than think. So I know, know for him, um, he always just says that he likes how light energy I am. Like everything can be quite uplifted or I can make a joke about things or make everything feel a lot lighter. In- That's beautiful. It's easy with you. Yeah, I guess so. Although I wouldn't say I'm an easy person. No, but... Kind of a lot, okay? (laughs) Yeah, but the light energy, especially when you do some... When you're in the space of mental health, you're constantly taking on everyone else's energy. The last thing you want then to also take on your partner's very heavy energy. Yes, that would be hard. You vocalize that very beautifully. Yeah, (laughs) that's really sweet. Where do you see yourself in five years? 
I honestly have no idea. I don't even know whether my name will be Radhe. I don't oh. know whether my hair will still be this color. I don't know whether I'll have completely shut down my Instagram account and not even exist online anymore. All I do know is that, actually, I don't know. What do I know? I can't, I can't predict because I still am figuring out what I want to hold on to in life and and do so I love that because at least you're honest with yourself and how fun it, is it that you just get to like I got to redecorate my house and you get to just redecorate all my of life. your insides <laughs> in your life and you well, just get to figure it out I mean I never would have thought I would have been here I was going to be a dietitian in a hospital for the rest of my life living in Watford near my mom so from that point on when that did not happen life has changed so much so yeah. I've never been, I feel like I've just you know you're never in control really so yeah I'm just gonna let it be do what my dad does. Just let it be. See what happens. <laughs> That's what I see. Is there one last thing that you want to add? Maybe like the best advice you've ever gotten or something you just want to leave the audience with? Take time alone to figure yourself out. Uh, don't rush into relationships as a, a coping mechanism or as a safety net. Like really figure yourself out and then you will, you know, be so much better in every kind of relationship that you have, whether it's parents, partner family members everything I think alone time is really beautiful and don't see it as being lonely see it as being alone in a really beautiful way is that something you would tell your younger self I would say definitely take time have like a year where it was just you because I could have done all this work before yeah so someone else doesn't have to deal with it well no you were meant to do it right now yeah yeah that's, that's how it works that's true too yeah <laughs> where can people find you Radhi Devlukia on Instagram and a really good cry podcast which is coming out soon. You guys, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Almost Adulting. Hope you enjoy it. Don't forget to follow her and listen to her podcast. I will leave everything in the description and the social, all of her socials, so you can follow her. And I love you guys. Have a beautiful rest of your week. Bye. Thanks.